Tristan Field-Jones here in for Richard Cluche along with Julie Buckingham. Thank you for making us a part of your day. Well, normally when we talk about care homes, it's usually heartbreaking news. We've seen some facilities in Winnipeg account for dozens of deaths just on their own. But today, it's a very different story. Golden Links Lodge Personal Care Home declared an outbreak on November 11th, but now, at the moment, has no active cases among the residents. Joining us now is the CEO of Golden Links Lodge, Marcy Lynn Larner. And uh, Marcy Lynn, why don't you take us back to November 11th when that outbreak was first declared? What happened there and how bad did the situation get for a time? Um, We started uh, with our first cases um, in our staff and um, we certainly uh, knew around November 9th that we were going to probably have some cases. Uh, we we never anticipated uh, the amount of cases that we ended up having, um, but shortly after our first three were reported, uh, we quickly then started getting results back and um, the numbers started to really increase. Let people know how many residents you have and how how many positives you ended up with, and of course, um, tragically, some losses. Yeah. We, our personal care home holds 88 residents. That's usually what we have living here. At the time of our outbreak, when we announced it on November 11th, we had 84 residents, um, just because we had some empty rooms. Um, we had our highest case number was 68 confirmed COVID cases. And um, today we have 57 recovered and we have 13 that are negative. So that means folks in our home that never ended up getting COVID. And we unfortunately had 11 residents that passed away as a result of COVID. So tell us about how you started getting this outbreak under control. What was necessary to um, control it? When things started moving very quickly, on November 11th, once we announced our outbreak, we knew within days that um, it was um, significantly high numbers. And it wasn't just with our residents. We had a lot of high numbers with our staff. We had a lot of our key staff that were off. And um, it was a huge impact to our entire facility. Um, Very quickly, we have two amazing physicians, uh, Dr. Ball and Dr. Doan, and they were um, key players in getting our residents um, assessed and figuring out, um, you know, what type of care they needed. We were in constant communication with the WRHA. Um, We were fortunate to have resources in place for IV therapy, um, for respiratory and for palliative. And, you know, there was a point when um, we were really struggling with our staffing resources and in consultation with the WRHA, um, I reached out um, for help and that's, you know, at a point where we had EMS services come here. They were also critical in, you know, the recovery process of our residents. And, um, you know, then day after day, it was just constant, constant monitoring and care and love from our, um, our amazing staff and and also all the folks that came in from community that helped, uh, you know, nourish our residents back to health. And, and I understand, did you have the Red Cross for a time, and, and has that assistance now ended? We still have the Red Cross here. They're amazing. Um, they came in shortly after our outbreak started, 
and uh, really helped us sort of organize our front lobby area. Um, we Our entire facility was essentially turned upside down. And um, in order to facilitate screening and supporting all our staff coming through and supplies, Canadian Red Cross has been here seven days a week from 10 a.m. until 8 p.m. every day. And uh, they've been a, a key resource for our staff uh, for meal distribution, you know, for cleaning high-touch areas or for just sitting in a resident's room and, and having a conversation and talking with residents. You mentioned that the facility was turned upside down. Can you paint a picture for us? What what did that look like and, and how were residents kind of shifted around? So right now, and we'll probably be in this state for a while, all of our residents are in their room. Um, our entire dining room has been disassembled and it's more of a staging area for our staff to bring all of their personal belongings. Our entire front um, lobby is actually a screening area. And half of our friendship room, which is usually an area where um, our residents can come and, you know, watch TV and play games and hang out, uh, that area is now a staffing area as well as a staging area for Canadian Red Cross. So when you come into our building right now, um, you wouldn't come in and sit down in the lobby and, uh, you know, listen to music or anything. Now we just have tables and tables of screening, sign-in, PPE, um, and then we have all of our main areas closed off. So our residents right now can move about the corridors, um, you know, the hallways that they're in, but really not around the entire facility. And let, let's talk a little bit about the staff, because you're in a facility where um, you're not turning those patients over quickly. You know, like a, an acute facility, you might have a patient for two, three, four days. Um, if they have COVID, perhaps maybe longer. We're talking months and years that your staff have had some of these residents. It must have been incredibly difficult um, to nurse those ones that were sick and also to say goodbye to those 11 who didn't survive. It is. Um, our residents are family, and the families that are attached to those residents are our extended family. Um, our staff become very connected, whether they work in maintenance, housekeeping, dietary, um, you know, recreation, house, um, health care aides or nurses. You become very attached to the residents. They're here for a long period of time. Um, you're here every day with them, and they become just a part of the fabric of who you are and, and vice versa. Uh, it's difficult for our staff to, and it was difficult for our staff to watch some of our residents pass, um, you know, COVID was relentless um, for the 11 people that it took, and um, it was very difficult for the staff that had to say goodbye to those residents. We're blessed that we have such strong residents in our facility, and I certainly attribute um, our, you know, our recoveries to those strong residents and, you know, the love and support that they've received from all of those staff that, you know, that care for them so much, like family. Were you ever able to figure out how COVID-19 ended up in the care home? We did. You know, we did contact tracing immediately. We certainly put our finger on it almost within, I would say, probably 48 hours. It was pretty easy to track. Um, you know, we know for sure it came into two different areas in our building almost simultaneously. Those staff didn't have anything to do with one another, but um, we certainly were able to, through contact tracing, figure it out right away. Um, unfortunately, you know, that all comes to light after it's already made its tracks and spread around. Um, and so by the time we figured it out, it had already spread.
But you have a message of hope today, and that is uh, it can be done. You can tamp it down in uh, in a facility where people are living in, in close quarters and have a lot of dealings with other people. It can be done, and you need to celebrate that today with your staff. We are. You know what? We're so pumped. We've had such uh, amazing community support. Um, you know, the schools and the community, the neighbors, that have just really wrapped their arms around Golden Links and and supported us through all of this. We are celebrating. Obviously, we're really cautious. We know that, you know, there's no one in our building that's been vaccinated, so we, we're cautious. But, you know, we really are so happy that, um, and we do feel, um, you know, like a success story right now because we've been so blessed um, to be able to sort of come out on the other side of this. It's a very, very difficult journey. My colleagues and community right now in PCHs are going through it. It's a really, really hard road. It's really, really grueling on people in your heart and your mind. And, uh, you know, so we're happy today. We for sure are. And we're, we're really hoping that we can continue to go into Christmas and New Year's and stay in this position and, um, you know, and then hopefully get everybody vaccinated and, and then go on with life. <laughs> CEO of Golden Links Lodge, Marcy Lynn Larner, congratulations to you and your staff. We know you will keep up the hard work of protecting those residents and all the best. And, and thank you for bringing us that, that glimmer of hope tonight. Thank you. Thanks for the opportunity.